recording. Uh-huh. I, I don't want to waste my A greeting if we weren't recording. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Face, Face Church Podcast. Oh, uh, that was not your Three, A greeting. Three, two, one. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Faith Church Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jay Williams, and joining me today is Robbie Helene. Hello, everybody. Thank Ooh. you for listening. Your name flows really nicely. Hey, thanks. Robbie I've never, Helene. I've never been told that before. How? And you really? No. Did you go through a phase where you hated your name? Um, that I hated my name, or that you no. didn't like it? No, no, I don't. I don't really have an. I don't know. You never. My had name it. feels pretty neutral. Does it feel weird when Rob. you say your name? No. Really? Does it feel weird when you say your name? Yes. It always Why? feels weird. It's like it's not who I am. Interesting. It's very weird. Jay Williams. When I say that, I don't I don't know. It feels weird. Huh. Yeah. My name, I definitely went through phases. The the two biggest issues biggest issues, besides yeah. the fact that I can't speak, are that on all the ITBS tests, like you know, Iowa test of basic skills, because yeah. it's from Iowa, because mm-hmm. Iowa has the best basic skills. We didn't use the acronym, we just called them the Iowa tests. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. In Iowa, we always said ITBS. Really? We never well, said Well, you Iowa. didn't want to be self-congratulatory. Yeah, that is very Iowa to be like, yeah. In I mean, Illinois, it was like, well, you know, Iowa test. Yeah, dig the Iowa test. Um, man, no wonder everyone hates us. Well. Anyway, uh, so they would always, when I was younger, you'd have to fill out your name in the little bubbles. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they would always go to great lengths, especially when you're in younger elementary, to tell you, you need to put your birth name in there. Oh, yes. Not your nickname, not what everybody calls you. Because when you're a kid, if your you know, name is Cindy, or if it's Cynthia and you go by Cindy, you just, you, everything you write is Cindy. But right. on the Iowa test, you need to put Cynthia, which I still don't understand. What's <laughs> the point of that? But so I, for the first few years of my elementary life, it was convincing each teacher um, that my full actual name was Jay. They always assumed like, well, no, no, what no. Could What's Jay it be short, short for? for? Oh, all kinds of things. Most people who go by Jay, their name isn't Jay. Jason, Jeremiah. I knew a Jehoshaphat one Jay time. Ramaya? By Jay Ramaya. Which if Jay your name's Jehoshaphat, if your name's Jehoshaphat, definitely go by Jay. But hmm. um, yeah, a lot of Jeremiahs and Jasons are Jays. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Jaden. There's a lot of Jays, but anyway, the point is, mine was just Jay, and nobody ever believed me, and so it would always be. And I'm like, by the time I was in third grade, I was like, here we go again. Oh man. Um, and then fourth grade, you're just like, I know the drill. Listen, I know what my full name is. This is it. I did not have that problem. Robert is too standard of a name. And, uh, I bet there are some Robbies out there. Who... And nobody's making up the middle name Otis. So nobody's asking me like, are you sure? Is that re- Is that short for something? Nope. Nope. Otis. <laughs> Otis Sander. the real deal. I think, uh, Robert, there's gotta be a Robbie out there. There are people who, like, their actual yeah. name is Robbie. My college roommate was legally Robbie. Yeah. But illegally, he was the dark knight. <laughs> no. no. No? Okay. Hey, we should talk about the sermon. That's last a good time idea. we Last time we wasted too much time talking about how we waste too much time. This time. This time was... Are we going to jump right to it? Well, yeah. 
Except this was the, so this week's sermon was the first time I'd ever mentioned the podcast. And it turns out because of a technical difficulty, the podcast wasn't even posted. <laughs> and I didn't know that. That's awesome. The irony of that was amazing. As I'm sure you all listen to the podcast right. that doesn't currently exist. Fortunately, I never assumed they all listen to it. But I was like, if you listen to the podcast and then uh, I just, it's funny to me now looking back in time and knowing that that is a time where I'm alluding to something where there is a 0% chance that anyone in the room has heard what I just said, like understood the reference. Uh Um, Usually you're going for, you know, the average speaker is going for 70%. That's right. Hit rate. I'm, I'm good with 15%, 10, 15%. If 10, 15% gets my illusion, then I'm good. That was one of the rare 0%. It was a hard zero. (laughs) And uh, so I apologize for that. It's my bad. But, uh, but, so this week, they are two podcasts, and this is the second one of the week, and it is about hey, hey. the sermon on Acts 1-8, well, it's the whole 4 through 11, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Acts 1-8 is the big verse that everybody, or a lot of people know. So I wrote down a, a quote that you threw out there that I've, been, that I've been chewing on for the last few days, and I would love for you to expand Is it a quote from a me, or bit. is it a quote that I quoted from someone uh, else? Oh, no, it is from you. Oh, um, okay. I actually don't know. I don't know if you quoted it from someone else. You didn't. Yeah, you most didn't of mention, my sermons are plagiarized, so. Um, you, you probably. <laughs> it's going to give people the that wrong idea. A joke. That was a joke. <laughs> There's a lot of plagiarism stuff going around lately, and so yes, behind the scenes, that's and so I, it's not a good I thought it was relevant and fresh and like a hot take there. <laughs> So with where there's maybe a one percent chance that somebody understood that reference, right. and everyone <laughs> else just thought you confessed sin. <laughs> We no one, we hey, do listen. not plagiarize our sermons. Yeah, no one who listens to my sermons could possibly think I plagiarize them. <laughs> That's where it's, I take my comfort. There's got to be better stuff <laughs> to steal than this. Yeah, no one's walking away going, <laughs> ah, that was, he must have taken that from somebody. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, sorry. That's, uh, no, I think this one was you because it felt kind of off the cuff, but maybe it isn't. Okay. Um, so you said we cannot conceive the best way to bring about the kingdom that we cannot imagine. And I thought that was such a great way to phrase that and so helpful. Um, I I have some thoughts that that stirred up in me, but I would love to hear uh, you unpack that a little bit. We cannot conceive of the best way to bring about a kingdom that we cannot imagine. Yes, that was off the cuff. That was definitely not written. I... I was, so in the moment, I was just thinking about, I just kind of got lost in this thought of how the kingdom, it was one of those moments where you're preaching and it just clicks in there where you're saying, I'm talking about this kingdom that we can't imagine when I'm talking about how we don't know how to bring it about. And I was like, well, of course we don't. Like, how do you, how could, how could you conceive of the best way to bring about a kingdom that you can't? even imagine like it's like how can i how could i conceive of the best way to bring about something that i can't understand or imagine what it what i'm even trying to bring about right so um it doesn't stop us from trying no constantly right right and so and then just i was i was really stuck on that idea of um that anytime we are able to any kingdom that we can bring about in our own strength is just is silly anyway. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like when we've talked before about if, if you could fully understand God and completely put yourself in his shoes and say, well, 
Like, uh, no, I've got this nail. I know exactly if I can, if the human mind is capable of conceiving God, well, then he ceases to be God. I mean, God yeah. has to be beyond what we're even able to possibly conceive. And so it's just glimpses that we're getting. And, you know, it's, it's, they're true glimpses. Like that's yeah. the whole idea that we can know God truly, but not fully. And um, I think the kingdom and the way the kingdom comes about is similar. Hmm. So what were the thoughts that, yeah, that stirred up in you? Well, I started... Did I just ruin the quote? This is why you shouldn't ever no. ask questions. Okay. Dude, this is like when good. you hear a song and then you're like, I love the lyrics of the song. And then you hear an interview with the artist and then you're like, oh, now I hate the song. That wasn't at all. Wait a minute. That was about his kitten? That's, that's, not, that's <laughs> about a grilled cool. cheese sandwich? That was way less impactful. Uh, no, man, I think I, it just started, um, I started trying to process like, well, well, why do I do that? Right? Like, why do I think, well, I know the best way to bring this about, or as a church, we develop, we, you know, this is the best way to do this, or as a denomination or as a country or, you know, all the ways that we think, well, we know the best way to bring this about. And we'll even argue about what is the best way to bring certain things about. So why, if it is something that I can't fully comprehend, am I convinced that I know the best way to bring it about? And I'm wondering if it's because I don't think it's something that I can, that I can't comprehend. Like I have so mm -hmm. diminished the kingdom in my mind right. that I think I know exactly what it is and I know what to expect. And therefore I know how to get us there. So do you, do you think the problem is more in me trying to figure out, like me trying to conceive of the best way or is the problem that I think I know what the kingdom is supposed to look like? Like my kingdom's too small. Well, I think they go hand in glove, if you will. So I will. I, I think because I I think what we need in there. So let me let me start with what I think we need to do in that. I think we need to just have a a humility to understand that we are never fully understanding, and that hmm. as we go, there's going to be things. There are all kinds of examples in Scripture where God asks His people to do things that make no earthly sense. Yeah, and things that he'll ask us to do that we're, we're going to say, wait a second, but that that's not going to work because X, Y, Z. So when we talk about you know, the Sermon on the Mount is full of these kinds of things where people say, well, wait a second, you're just telling me I'm supposed to turn the other cheek. Like I'm supposed to be a doormat. Right. And, well, I mean, I don't know what all that means, but yeah, there is a, there is, there's clearly a, a principle of becoming the least and and that, that those who become the least will become the greatest and being willing to humble ourselves in that way um and yet we look at that and say yeah but if i do that then you know evil's going to run rampant well that is exactly what jesus did and so it 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 does conflict with us so so i think um where we get into trouble then is is if i say if i say well i don't understand this and so I've got to make it understandable. So it doesn't do me any good to make it like un, like not understandable. And so there are ways in which even though we're not, we don't fully grasp the kingdom, Jesus still tells us a lot about the kingdom. Yes. Okay, so, so here's the bridge. So over here, I want to say like we need to be humble and understand we can't. The reason why that's a key ingredient is because otherwise when we take the, um, the glimpses that Jesus gives us of the kingdom so that we can understand something about it, we can understand true things about it, then we say, okay, um, now I can understand that. Now I, I know how to do that. Like then, then I need to make sure that, that like, this is the way I would bring it about. 
Yeah. Um, and if you don't add that element of, okay, but, but remember, I don't fully understand the kingdom and I'm not, this isn't always going to make sense. It would be like, it, it's totally appropriate to um, communicate things to a child <clears throat> in a simplified way so that they can understand it. But you would never then want to take that explanation that you give to that child and now make that the thing. Hmm. Right. So um, if I give my uh, my daughter uh, a little lesson in how the heart works and I want to tell her it's like a it's like a pump. And so it's it's pumping blood and then it's coming back in and it's it's the center of this, you know, of our cardiovascular system and doing all this. I, I can explain it to her and use a metaphor or use an analogy. But if my daughter then goes on and tries to become a cardiologist with that information, right. she's going to be in trouble because she's going to look at it and be like, oh, my, it's, it's like a pump. So, okay, well, I'm going to put this bike valve on it because it's like a pump. So, you know, yeah. your heart's not working. Like, here, let's stab a bike pump into it and we can like pump. This is really weird. It's gotten really weird really fast. But... That makes sense if yeah. it's actually a pump, but it's not actually a pump. It's that's a that's a metaphor for yeah. it, and and you have to understand all these different elements and piece all this together. And the thing that keeps us sane in all that is the humility to understand. I I can't fully grasp this. God gives me a glimpse of it here, helps me understand how I'm supposed to bring how He's bringing it about here, what my role is in it here, and then my job is just be faithful in that moment to say, okay. This is how you said you're bringing it about. I'm going to trust you in this here. And then tomorrow will be probably something else, maybe a different angle that yeah. I'll understand it from. So I don't know if that's, that feels like that got really heady and lost in the weeds. I don't think so. I mean, to, to, to confuse the illustration with reality, that's clearly a problem. To, to understand it's not less than this thing, but it's significantly, immeasurably more than this thing. That, right. that Jesus and scripture is are are explaining things to us in ways that our finite brains can can grab a hold of but not fully understand. And so when I when I diminish it to well this is the complete explanation and that's going to run into problems. I'm oversimplifying. Um right so an example I think a biblical am example. Am I understanding you correctly? Yeah, I think okay. so. Yeah, cuz here's a biblical example and it's one we use a lot and so I'm hoping it'll like maybe pull this back down to um to reality here. When, when Peter confesses that Jesus is the Christ, and then when Jesus, then Jesus says, like, I'm, I'm going to go and suffer and die, and Peter says, no, that, that can't happen. Well, look at what Peter understands. Peter understands that Jesus is the king. He's the long-awaited Messiah. He's the king. He is from God. He is building a kingdom. Peter wants to be in that kingdom. Like all of these things that are true, yeah. that are 100% true. But his mistake is, he's like, ah, I got it. This is who you are. Okay, now I know what this looks like. And then Jesus says he's going to die. And Peter says, well, no, 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 that, that can't happen because you right. are the, you're the Messiah. Right. And I understand how kingdoms work. Right. And they don't work this way. Exactly. And so Jesus says, yes, you're right. I am the king. That's why I have to die. And Peter can't fathom that. Yeah. And so when we get into our modern day situation and we say, well, no, no, um, we can't let this happen in our country because then Christianity is, is going to die. And, and 
we have to say like, well, you might be, you know, you may be believing true things like this point of view is correct. This view of whether it's, you know, um, marriage or sexuality or um, or any of these things, like how we treat the poor or any of these things, you might say like, yes, that is right. But then if your conclusion is, well, therefore, then to bring God's kingdom, I have to make sure that everybody lives according to that. Well, that's functioning with our hmm. finite understandings of how kingdoms work. And then we're exactly like Peter as God saying, no, I want you to do this. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not going to work. I can't, hmm. we can't bring this about if we go about it your way, God, which is clearly nonsense. So in one, in but, one sense, we're in good company because yes. Jesus, or, or Peter rather, looking Jesus in the eyes face to face, right? So he has direct access to the teaching of earthly Jesus in his incarnational ministry. And he is arguing with Jesus saying, no, 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 Jesus, that's not how these things work. You can't possibly do it that way. Mm -hmm. So on one hand, we're in good company that we also constantly argue with Jesus and say, no, 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 no. You, you don't understand how this works. Um, However, I should keep reading and see how Jesus then responds to Peter, which is to rebuke him and say, stop this nonsense. And at one point call him Satan. Right. Um, because when you're <clears throat> arguing with Jesus, that's whose side of the line you are standing on. <laughs> that's, um, that's a good point. Yeah. So I need to, I need to remember that and acknowledge like, okay, on one hand, God's not up there going, wait a minute, you, I am shocked and appalled that you don't understand everything that I'm saying. Like, Jesus' earthly ministry, the people closest to him were confused. So there's going to be confusion. However, that's not an excuse to say, therefore, it's okay for me to continue to argue with Jesus. I need to look to that that uh, narrative that they've laid out, uh, that the scripture authors of scripture have laid out for us, the Holy Spirit has put in our hands to see. And Jesus' response to that is, trust me, Peter. Right. Trust me, Peter. And so is my response do I trust Jesus? Do I trust that his end is actually the better end, that his end is different than what I can conceive? And if it is, that's what helps me in that moment say, I don't understand this, but Jesus said that this is the way to accomplish his end. And so I'm going to do that. Even if that seems counterintuitive, countercultural, or like it's going to prevent the end from, you know, his end right. from happening. Just like Peter thought, wait a minute, if you die, that's going to prevent your end from coming to fruition. And Jesus is like, no, 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 that's not how, that's not how this works. That's right. the only way to accomplish my end. Well, the same is true of all of the other commands that he gives us. Those right. are actually the only way to accomplish his end. I just need to actually trust that his end is bigger and better than mine. Right. And this is, this is not a one-off deal. This is the constant idea that the kingdom the the idea of the upside down kingdom that Jesus is telling them if you want to be first then you must be last if you want to become great then you need to become the least if you want um, if you want to gain your life then you have to lose it and unless you think that Jesus just threw this giant curveball this is the whole Old Testament yeah and so God constantly doing things in ways where the people said no no, no it would be better if be better if we had a king. It'd be better if we were back in Egypt. It'd be better if we weren't in Egypt. It'd be better if we were in the promised land right now. It'd be better if we could gather two days of manna. Like it'd be better. It's just constantly yep. where God is saying, no, this is the way this works. And people saying, yeah, I don't know. Have you considered this way? 
this way seems to be maybe even better gun and we're um, all in agreement that this way is better than your way god right, right. yeah we're which, all in agree which 10 against one always ends horribly in the old testament it really really does they don't doesn't fare much better in the new testament nope. i would say nope. and but what you do see though and this is why i'm so excited to be going through acts what you do see is a glimpse of what it looks like when a people actually because because empowered by the holy spirit like this is part of the beauty of being indwelled by the holy spirit now a spirit driven people actually for a period of you know 30 years or whatever that we see literally like you see the world change under them there's the the book about acts 30 years that changed the world that's you have 30 you have a yeah. glimpse of these 30 years where people just are all in and dwell in the Holy Spirit and do all the things that throughout the history of scripture, you never see anybody doing. You never see them just like going all in and saying, okay, we're going to get, we're going to get brought before the rulers and we're going to die or or be imprisoned or whatever. And you, and you see them rejoicing in that. You see them doubling down on it. You see them not backing off and you see glimpses. Like certainly there are people you'll, we'll see that, that there are people who abandon the faith and there are people who abandon the church, but the, the, kind of the consistent storyline that's holding through is is what does it look like when a group of people actually say okay god it's your kingdom hmm. it's your world i want to i want to be a part of that and and they just they believe it it's pretty that's why acts that's why i love acts so much you yeah, that that reminds me of uh, one of the other comments that you made about the 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 people that we're reading of in acts and how they are throughout the duration of the book are uh, they're they're growing more and more expectant, mm-hmm. less and less surprised by the supernatural, um, no less in awe of the supernatural, but less and less surprised as they're kind of learning how to live in this upside down kingdom, and and seeing like okay, so he said, don't prepare before you go before the magistrates, and I'll give you the words. Okay, let's try that, and they don't prepare, and then they do it, and then the magistrates are all left in awe that these mm-hmm. uneducated guys with no preparation are speaking these incredible mm-hmm. truths. Um, Jesus says you're blessed when when you're persecuted because of me. Mm-hmm. And then they're persecuted and beaten and then released and they're rejoicing. They're celebrating. They're like, right. this is actually awesome. This is an amazing, like they actually like kind of try out like, what if we do what Jesus said we should do? And then their response is, oh, it's, it's doing exactly what he said it would do. Like, we're actually experiencing the joy that he promised would happen. We're actually experiencing these miracles that he said would take place. When they're trusting his way, they're learning more and more as they go, as they stumble and make mistakes right. and, and need to correct one another. But we just we see this increasing dependence on the Spirit and trust in him, and as a result, see like, not just, like, growth and 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 joy in them individually but the the massive expanse of the church itself yeah i mean look at the so i didn't get to give this example but i'm just thinking of this now that look at the difference between the way the disciples responded to the first reports of the resurrection versus the way the church responds when um you know disciples show up at their door and be like uh yeah we just got broken out of prison angels broke us out of prison um there's 
the first reports of the resurrection, there's like doubts and questions and like, yeah. well, you didn't, you know, and you know, I got to, I'm going to have to see it myself and I, I can't believe this. And, um, maybe it was a ghost, maybe he, you know, whatever, all these different things, there's questioning of that. Um, and then followed by worship and awe and wonder, but in acts, as you go along, they stop questioning that it happened. Like think about when Peter has the vision to, you know, we'll get, we'll get to that probably, I don't know what yeah. month will be to that, you know? And like when he explains these things, like it's when, you know, a dude gets sent to his door and says like, Hey, you're supposed to go do this. They're like, okay. All right. You know, right. like they just, there's no more, there's no more surprise that God is doing these amazing things. There's awe, there's wonder. There's the, there's the difficulty sometimes of obedience in it. But you stop, you kind of stop seeing the like, well, how do you know that that was, you know, how do you know? It's kind of diminished to a, are you sure? Okay. Like, you know, you've got, yeah, Peter, Peter with the, you know, being told to go to the Gentiles. The other thing that just popped in my head is, um, uh, was it Ananias who's told that Paul is coming? Yes. And his response is like, wait, like Paul, Paul? Like came here to put me in prison, Paul. That well, Paul, yeah. Saul. So yeah. Well, yeah, Saul. Yeah. Great, yeah. He's like, uh, uh, okay. Like, <laughs> like he wants to clarify. He's like, oh, what are we yeah. sure we're talking about the same Saul here? We are okay. Send him over. Like, and he just yeah, can you imagine that? It. Like you're literally walking right. into a room. It'd be like it'd be like going into, yeah, the, a, a known. I mean, yeah, just a known uh, murderer. I mean, like, the first here. thing that popped in my head is that is, that is saying like. The SS is coming. Like the, you, you know this organization. Yeah. These people exist in order to cause you harm. Right. And God says, "Open the door. This guy's going to become, right, a preacher for me right now." Yep. And you just you're left with, "Okay, all right, if you say so." Yep. And then, and not because it totally made under like it's not because it made total sense to Ananias. No, he didn't like. You don't. See, I mean, we don't see that, but I can't yeah. imagine that he's sitting there going, oh, "Okay, yep, that makes total sense, God. I see what you're doing there." I, this is obviously total conjecture, but I've got to believe there's a part of Ananias that's going because God wants to send me to prison. Like, sure, that is not necessarily think that's like point, he doesn't yeah. see what's going on. He's just going, "All right, God wants me to let him in. Okay, if God wants me to get thrown in prison by Saul, that's cool." Like, um. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't, God doesn't say this is how it's all going to end up. He just says when he comes over, invite him in and pray for him. And that's a really good point that when you're telling a story, we don't always get a glimpse into the mindset of the people and what do they think, you know, sometimes, and right. we all have stories of that where we, um, believe we've been, we're acting in faithful obedience and we kind of assume like, okay, well, I know what the cost is going to be. That I know what's going to happen out of this. But then the result of it is not at all what we thought mm-hmm. was going to happen. And I think that's that's a huge – that's when you kind of know you're um, probably acting in faith and responding to the Spirit mm-hmm. is when, you know, you're doing things that you're thinking, man, I either I don't know how this is going to play out um, or or you end up being kind of surprised by – you know, the twist at the end of like, right. you know, and I mean, there've been so many times where I've been thinking, I've been focused on sharing the gospel with one person. And then there's another person over here that that's actually the person that God was saving. And that I was literally having this conversation so they could eavesdrop on this hmm. conversation. And that's not what yeah. I expected or thought was going to happen, but, um, it's what he's doing. So yeah, it's just fascinating. I mean, the whole book of acts is fascinating. It really excited. is. 
Is there anything in that? I mean, we 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 talked a lot of about a lot of kind of biblical concepts. Right. Is there anything in there that you can bring it to ground level and say, like, this is this is a practical way of how this might flesh out for one of us this week in trusting Jesus means and that His end is bigger and better. Yeah, I think I think the the big takeaway for me a lot of times when I look at this is I, I tend to be a very big picture person, and so I can. I can get overwhelmed by the big picture. So I can look at this and say, this is what God is doing in in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And I can forget that he is my good father who is inviting me to be a part of this. He's not given me a, a some burdensome task that I'm supposed to accomplish while Jesus is away you know, like, like me giving my kids a whole bunch of chores when I go out, you know, if I leave for the day and say, okay, when I get back, I want the whole house cleaned and I want you to clear out, you know, an acre of woods and I want you to plant a garden. And that's sometimes how it can feel if we look at it in that way, but rather it is through the spirit, God saying, no, I, this is what I'm doing and I am going to let you be a part of it. And he gives us all kinds of ways to do that. And um, the reward is is joy. And so that's that's one thing is to remember that to take part in the Great Commission, to take part in this mandate, is not a burdensome thing. It's not designed to be a burdensome thing. It's yeah. a joyful thing. Your father is letting you be a part of it. And then the, the sub point to that is that because he's a good father and because he's not burdening you with something that is impossible, um, you know, and obviously, like we would say, well, yeah, a lot of things that we end up doing are impossible to man. Um, but what he's doing is giving giving you very, I mean, look at the actual instruction. It's to be his witnesses. It's not yeah. It's not to go yeah. take some hill. It's not to storm the gates of hell. It's not to do anything. I mean, yes, there you see um, the church um, doing that. But what it is, is saying in every moment whether you are at work, you're at home, your job is to be a faithful witness to the resurrected Jesus. And that comes through in what we value because I'm going to value, like I find that this kingdom that he is proclaiming to be more valuable than any other kingdom, it comes through in the joy that we have because we are abiding in the creator of all things. It comes in the peace that we have because we know that he is making all things right. All of these things are us being witnesses to the resurrected Lord in all of our places. And when we think about it in that way, I think if I'm, if I'm actually abiding in Christ and just saying, okay, in every moment saying, here I am, Lord, I'm, I'm here, I'm ready. When I go to work, I know I'm working for your glory. When I go home, I know I'm parenting um, for your glory. I'm being a, a spouse for your glory. I'm being a, a coach for your glory. I'm being like, and and really being mindful of that, of being placed and saying, I'm a witness wherever I am in any moment, because you never know when somebody is asking those questions or looking at you or wondering about any of that. And then that's when first Peter three fifteen makes sense to be prepared to give an answer for the hope that is in you. Yeah. So as you are witnessing, giving witness and testimony to this resurrected Lord through your life and through your words, then when somebody says like, so why, why doesn't this worry you? Why doesn't this bother you? Why doesn't that drive you crazy? Like we're prepared to give an answer for the hope that, that is in us. And, and when we think about that, and then and then being open, like as you do that, God will show you 
okay, is there a new place he wants you to do that in? You know, does is he calling me to go be a witness in Uganda or in Nepal? Yeah. Or is he asking me to be a witness in Peshtigo or in Marinette or in Coleman? I mean, it's so that's where I get in the in the practical. Sorry, I, I got impractical and then I tried to get practical. Um, but like for this week, I would just say the, the first step is to just be mindful and be aware of that. Mm-hmm. Just be aware of the fact that by virtue, virtue of the fact that if you belong to Jesus, that you are his witness in every circumstance, in every situation that you're in. And so just being aware of that and starting to shift your mindset of saying, I am, I am giving witness to the reality of this kingdom, the worth of this kingdom and, and the worth of this king. Um, and, and if I can just become aware of that, then a lot of the other things will start to kind of think fall into place. Yeah. And, and just like anything else that you haven't always done or don't do all the time, it takes practice and we mm-hmm. need help. Which is why, which is why we're supposed to be doing this in community with one another. We don't do this alone. We don't do this in isolation. We do this together. And so we want to help you to do this. So as you're um, growing in your awareness, as Jay said, and and something comes to your mind and you think, well, is this what it's supposed to look like? Ask us. That's that's what we're here for. We want to help you in that. The people that you're in community with, ask them, discuss it. If you get stumped. Uh, come grab one of us or, or send us an email. We, we, we'd love to, um, we delight in, it's our privilege to get to help you in those ways. Um, so hopefully this conversation has been helpful to you. If it's brought up any questions or anything, don't hesitate. Uh, you can always grab us kind of generically at connect at uh, faithpeshtigo.com or grab me or Jay on a Sunday morning after service. Uh, we would love to hear how the spirit is challenging you, leading you, encouraging you uh, as we all learn together how to live in our Jesus's upside down kingdom. In the meantime, we love you, church. Grace and peace to you. (laughs) 